Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. You can turn to the book of Exodus this morning, the book of Exodus chapter 13. We're going to look at a portion of a story there about the children of Israel. But this morning, we're starting a brand new series. We're starting a brand new series that we're calling, I Might Be Wrong About. And then we're going to fill in those blanks over the next few weeks. Today, we're starting off with this, this phrase, I might be wrong about success. I have this situation that happens to me every so often, not a ton, but every so often. Phil and I will be in the midst of an argument. Maybe you've had this. You're arguing with someone and you're kind of going back and forth. You're presenting your two sides and all of a sudden the other person says something to you and you get that still cold feeling and all of a sudden on the inside you go, I might be wrong. I might, I might be the one who's wrong. And you have a really critical, like, three-second turnaround moment where you have two paths that you're getting ready to decide. One is, are you going to drive this point home anyway because you have already taken your stance? Or are you going to take the better, the higher, the purer, the more productive road? And are you going to say, I've just received new information and I might be wrong? I might be wrong about the way, I, I might need to reroute some things because I just learned something, I just experienced something, I just took in something that made me realize that the position I have been holding on to is no longer, this is our opportunity. Have you ever, we, Phil and I were putting together one of those like um, pack and build, you know, like an Ikea furniture type thing? One time we were putting together one of those, we got about midway through it and we realized that we had done about half of the boards the wrong direction, which meant that the, like, the finished side was on the inside and the rough side, you know, because you have to pay extra money to get like all the sides the right way. So we, and all of a sudden, you know, you go like, oh no, I have to un- I need to stop now and I have to unbuild this thing so that I can rebuild this thing so I can put it back together the right way. We have been doing this thing the wrong way. This series is going to be our opportunity to look at some things, to evaluate some things, to take a pause in some areas, sit back and reflect and go, I might, I might need to reroute on some things in my life. I might need to rebuild. I might be wrong in the way that I see some things. I might be wrong in the way that I'm viewing some things. There's this scripture that Paul gives us in the book of Romans. It's in Romans, I think 12, is that right? Yeah, Romans 12 and verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It says, be transformed by the renewal of your 
mind. When we came into this life with Jesus, he said, I have a whole new way of living for you. I want to totally change the way that you see things. I want to totally change the way that you're walking and the value system that you live by. And the way that we do that is by transforming our mind transforming the way that we think about things, transforming the way that we see things, reevaluating how and where we got our system from, our system of thinking, our system of believing, because this is the thing, our thoughts will create our actions and our actions will create the life that we live in and the question that we're asking is, is the life that we're living in the life that he gave us or is the life that we're living in just something that we're doing because it's what makes the most sense to us. He wants to give us a whole new way of thinking. And today we want to ask a question about what is it that I'm thinking about success? When I think about what a winning life looks like, what does that look like to me? When I think about what it means to achieve greatness, to succeed, to get to the end of my race and say, well done, good and faithful, what are the things that I'm evaluating that life by? And I want us to start off looking in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 13, starting in verse 17 This is when the children of Israel, if you're familiar, have just left the land of Egypt. So the children of Israel have been in Egyptian captivity. They've been in in slavery for hundreds of years, for generation on generations. And God sends them Moses, you know, plagues and Red Sea Moses is coming to bring them out of the land where they've been held captive, right? And we are right between the plagues and the Red Sea. And the children of Israel are coming out of the land of Egypt. And this is what it says. It says, and then when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although, it was, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Now, this actually isn't where we're going, but I think it's a really relevant point, and it makes a lot of sense when we talk about how we value and what we look at as success, is are you taking the most direct route? Sometimes we evaluate the success of somebody's life by how quickly they got there. And somebody who's listening today might be evaluating your own life and thinking that you're unsuccessful in your life because it seems like it's taking you a long time to get somewhere. And you hear yourself talking to God and saying things like, God, it seems like I'm always taking the long way round. You guys know that song? It goes, I got a ticket for the long way round. Yeah? Yes. Jackie has my back. None of the rest of you. But some of you are like, I've got a ticket for the long way around, but I did not buy this ticket. I was looking for a much more direct route to where I'm heading. And it feels like it's because God's not showing up in your life and because God's not being faithful to you that you keep taking the long way round. But if we look at this, it says that God, not because of his lack of faithfulness or his lack of care for the children of Israel, gave them the long way round. He gave them the long way round because he cared for them and he loved them and he knew them and he wanted to protect them on their journey. And he said, if I give you the fastest route, you're not 
not going to make it. You're not ready for everything that's on that route yet. So if it feels like it's taking you a long time, stop looking at someone else's journey and saying, God must really show up for them. It only took them 12 months to get that. No, God's hand is guarding you and guiding you and protecting you. And he's taking you the long way around because you're not ready for that battle yet. It's his faithfulness that guarded them and he took them the long way round. And it says, but God led the people around in the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And he let the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt and they were equipped for battle. And Moses took the bones of Joseph. I always love that. This is not the point either, but they were equipped for battle, but they weren't ready for battle. You might have something in your life and you think just because you have it, it's time for you to action on it, but it's not time for you to action on it if God's taking you a different route because he's just equipping you for something you're going to need later down the road. Okay. We got to get where we're going, guys. Okay. And it said that Moses took the bones of Joseph with him for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear saying that God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and they camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. And he led them along the way by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night, by the pillar of cloud by day and by the pillar of fire by night. And it did not depart from before the people. So today's main title is You Might Be Wrong About Success. The backup title is When I Move, You Move. And you may not finish any of the rest of the words of that song. How dare you know the words of the song? I see all the holy people. Because God put a pillar before them. This is what's happening with the children of Israel. The children of Israel have just been living for generation on generation in a land of bondage and in a land of captivity. And in their land of bondage and in their land of captivity, they have gathered some thinking. They have gathered some ways of living. They have gathered some standards about what it means to be human and what it means to succeed in life from their place of captivity. And though God has released them from their captivity and taken them out, he now finds them in a place where he says, just because I've gotten you out of bondage, I haven't quite gotten bondage out of you yet. It's still gathered on the inside of you. It's still gathered in the way you think about things. It's still gathered in the way that you look about things. So I need to take you on a new path because the thing is the only example that the children of Israel had had for the last several generations was the people of Israel of Egypt were the only picture that they had of what it meant to be successful in life of what it meant to succeed at something. At, at everybody they looked at that had power in their life were Egyptians. Everybody they looked at that had wealth in their life were Egyptians. Everyone that had the ability to make decisions or control their life or turn something or move something were Egyptians. So by nature of being in that environment, even though they hated the bondage that they were in, they also looked to it as the picture of what success must be. 
Has God ever walked you out of something and you're like, I hated that thing so much, but you can't ever quite seem to leave it because the way, the thinking, the thing that got you in the midst of it in the first place is really still on the inside of you. You walk out of a relationship and you decide, no, that's no good for me, that's unhealthy, that's toxic, I'm not engaging in that, that's not bringing the best out of me, and you walk out of it, but you didn't take any time or any space to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and so you take the same mind and the same you into the very next relationship that you go into, and then that same relationship turns into another toxic, unhealthy relationship because the standards you have for what a successful relationship looks like are still coming from an external template, not from the renewing of your mind to look what is his good and perfect and pleasing and acceptable will. But what have I seen set out before me is a relationship that pleases me, is a relationship that feeds me, is a relationship that makes me feel good, is a relationship that looks good to other people so we can take nice Instagram photos and say hashtag relationship goals all over the place and then say that that's what it means to be in a good and I haven't taken a template from the renewing of my mind that says, what does God say about what my relationship should look like? Because when I go to his word and I renew my mind in his word, his word says that my relationship should look like what his relationship to me looked like, which has a lot more to do with laying my life down for somebody else, which has a lot more to do with taking on sacrifices so that you can succeed, which has a lot more to do with the nitty gritty, uninstagrammable, worthy parts of my life than it does with everything that I send out with a fresh filter on but I haven't yet renewed my mind because I've been hanging out in Egypt for so long and so he keeps so what he's trying to do is give them a picture when you walk out of Egypt I need to teach you something fresh I need to teach you something new. I need to give you a new template to look at. I need to give you a new format to look at. I need to put before you a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire and tell you this is the new measure. When they move, you move. When the cloud moves, you move. When the fire moves, you move. This is what he's giving them as the picture for the new standard of their life. The cloud and the fire represent to them the presence of God. And he's saying to them, the, the picture of if your life is succeeding is not giant pyramids. The picture of if your life is succeeding is not golden idols. The picture of if your life is succeeding is not how many slaves you own or how many palaces you can build. The picture of if your life is succeeding is where is the presence? Where is God in this moment? The picture of if your life is on track, if you are living in the will of God, if you are living in his plan and his purpose for your life is when the cloud moves, do you move? When the fire moves, do you move? Or are you so distracted over here melting down gold to build your own idol and to build your own God that you missed that the cloud was moving? Are you so distracted building up your own Instagram following and making sure that you have the freshest digital content that you missed that the fire moved? Are you so busy over here that you got distracted, you got your attention, and this is the thing, none of those things are bad. None of those things are wrong. None of those things are not a part of our life if that's the plan and the purpose and the will of God for your life. But the question is, when he moves, do you move? 
when he moves, are you ready to move? When he took them out, when God took them out into the wilderness, he gave them a template for a temple that he wanted them to build. And the temple that he asked them to build was a tent. It was something, what are tents? Tents are movable, right? Tents are temporary places that you set up. And he said, I want to build a tent out in the midst of the wilderness. And the reason I want you to build a tent out in the midst of the wilderness is because every time the cloud moves, you've got to be ready to pack that thing up and move with it. I want you to be prepared to move with me. I'm giving you a temporary dwelling that can be moved anywhere it goes, that can be built up and can be, that can be packed up and that can move along with us. Because when I'm talking about staying with me and staying in my paths, I want you to be always ready to move. And they eventually settled in the land of their promise. And then the children of Israel built this solid stationary temple. And if you read through it, God actually never asked for that temple. He let them build it, but that temple was never the temple that he asked for because what he was actually coming down the line to is that eventually he would come and say, that temple is going to be torn down because now my temple is who? You and I. He, he said, now you are my temples. Now you are the, and what? We, like the tent, can Move. And he said, what I'm looking for is not stationary people. What I'm looking for is not those who say, this is how every time the children of Israel got themselves in trouble, it was because they kept looking back. They kept looking back to say, well, how did things work in Egypt? They kept looking back to say, well, how did things work in the place I was before? How did things work when I was back there? How do I, how do I take the, the thoughts that I have and the plans that I build, the things that I think are going to succeed out here in this place? I just want to keep taking them from the, the last place that I was. And God was trying to give them a picture and say, I don't want you to keep looking back. I want you to keep looking at the cloud. I want you to keep looking at the fire. And every time it moves, you move. Every time this cloud shifts, it's time for you to shift. Every time this thing starts turning, it's time for you to start turning. It's time for you to start, start, start walking every time the cloud starts drifting. And that is the thing is that have we found ourselves in a place where we're just looking at external models? We're just looking at external examples. We're just looking back to what we thought worked for us in a different season or what we thought worked for us before we were saved. We get saved. We come into relationship with Jesus. And then we often want to just take what worked for me on that side, bring it on into this side and baptize it as my new way of thinking just a little bit shinier. God said, I don't have just a shinier way of thinking for you. I have a whole new way. I want you to totally transform the way that you're thinking. I want you to totally change everything that you thought that you knew about what was and what it means to succeed and what it means to look good in somebody else's eyes and what it means to hit the mark and what it means to be. There are all kinds of things that we tend to look at and we tend to say, this is the thing that I think that it means, and I think God is probably just looking back and going, you're running after the wrong things. You're not paying attention. The cloud's over there, and you're over here. You've missed it. 
You're running after something that has nothing to do with what. And, and this is the picture that God is trying to give them. I'm walking you into a new way of living. And the new way of living says that success in your life is that when he moves, you move. Jesus would come, and in the book of John, he would give us the same principle with a different picture. In John 15 and 15, he says this. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Here's the thing. When the vine moves, the branches move. When the vine is still, the branches are still. When the vine moves, the branches move. If you abide in him, you have to move when he moves. If you abide in him, you have to be still when he is still. When the vine moves, the branches move. Our problem is that too often in life, we're trying to move when he's trying to be still, and we're trying to be still when he's trying to move. The question we have to ask ourselves is, am I moving when he moves? We find ourselves going after, running after all kinds of things, all kinds of markers. We have created our own indicators of success in our life and said, this is the marker of how I know that I'm winning. This is the marker of how I know that I'm achieving. This is the marker of how I know that I am doing all of the things I'm supposed to do in my life. And then we take it a step further and we say, and it's also how I know the people around me are doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's also how I determine that the people around me are succeeding in life, how the people around me are, are making their plans. Let me give you some. I took the time. I wrote down a couple example markers. Things like how many people report to me at work becomes a marker of success in our life. And we think and we measure ourselves up against the number of reports that we have on an org chart or we measure someone else up based on the number of reports that they have on an org chart. And we say, "Woo, they must be successful. They have 200 people that report to them at work. And then we say like, oh, I mean, they're doing okay. They only have like two people that report to them at work. How do you know what success is in their life? You don't know what their success is. You don't know what the marker that indicates for them what the successful place in their life. We use things like my size, my weight, how much I can lift, right? These are the things, depending on your like zone, your demographic, these are the things that we go like, oh, they're doing really good. They're down to da-da-da-da weight. Oh, they're doing really great in life. They're really successful. They can lift, da-da-da, whatever's a lot for you. I watched this video this week of this girl. Um, this, she was a girl. Like, honestly, she wasn't much bigger than me. And she deadlifted 400 pounds. I was like, shivers. Good for you, right? But what was interesting about the video was the video did a flip. It showed her first, and she, you know, goes, and she lifts the 400, and then she puts it back down. And it was like, you know, oh, it feels amazing to lift this much weight. But then one of her friends had filmed, like, the rest of the gym while she was lifting the weight as well. And as you can imagine, there were all of these, like, gym guys that were standing back. And the whole, like, they're just, like, draw 
dropped watching her like in a total amazement, right? That she could deadlift 400 pounds, which I was impressed with her too. But then the second part of the video said what's even more amazing is to see the looks on the faces of everyone else in the gym, which was funny. And I laughed at the video, but then I thought like, I kind of want to sit down with her and go like, is that what you're going for? You're going for, for making sure everyone else is impressed with how much you can lift in your life? Is that the thing? I'm not saying it's bad for her to lift 400 pounds. If God has called you to be a deadlift weight championship, then you have to lift that weight, girl. You have to lift all of it. But not so everybody else in the gym can be impressed by you and say, you must be so healthy and you must be so fit and you must just be right. This is how we measure the success in our life by what we create these imaginary external markers. And we say like, oh, if this person thinks I'm doing well, then I must be doing well. Or if I achieve this level of success, I must be successful right now. Or if other people admire the way there are people who are succeeding in the kingdom of God, whose names you will never, ever know. And that's one of our other markers, right? We know we've made it because people know my name, because somebody knows who I am, because the people in my sphere or in my industry or whatever my scope is that I'm really admired and well looked at. And there are people all over the world whose names are rejoiced about in heaven, whose names we will never ever know because long ago they decided to live a transformed life through the renewing of their mind that said, I'm not buying in to this system that says this is what it means to be successful. I'm buying into a system that says when he moves, I move. If the cloud is moving, then I have to move. If the vine is moving, then I have to move. But if it's not moving, then I have to be still. And it's tricky to pin it down and it's tricky to nail down exactly what it is. It's why we have to be so careful making judgment calls about who else is succeeding in their life or who else is inside or outside of the will of God because this is the thing. Some of us will strive after recognition and run after making other people know our names and really in today's society, you could do it if you wanted to do it. You can start a YouTube channel for yourself and you can start a platform for yourself and you can buy up some followers and you can start paying and ads to create some buzz around that thing and make sure that people know who you are. But if it's not in the movement of the vine for your life, then it's put you outside of the will of God. But here's the thing. God has called some people's names to be known. And he has called some people to be those who go out in front and some people who stand up out on the hilltops and are those who proclaim the message of who he is and he has chosen some of them. And if they have been called to be in the midst of the, of the center of the attention and they say, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to live over here in the shadows because I don't want anybody. Then they have gotten outside of the will of God. Then they have gone outside. And we have to let ourselves stay connected to the vine in a way that we say, I'm not looking at what was behind me and I'm not looking at what other people are telling me succeeds and I'm not looking at what you're going to rejoice in me for and I'm not looking at what's going to be applauded. I'm looking for, is the cloud moving? Because when he moves, I move. When he moves, I move. And what I want for my life, what I want for your life, what I want for our church is to live in a way that we say, if he moves, we have to move. If he's not moving, we can't move. We have to be found in his presence and we have to redefine what it means to succeed in our lives.
We have to reframe our questions from, have you achieved all of your goals this year, to do you find yourself in the will of God? Do you find yourself moving when he moves? Hope when you sit down over lunches and when you sit down in your life groups, you're not asking yourself the question. You're not asking each other the question. Are you achieving everything that there is to be achieved? I think there are great things that God has for us. And I think we should do well with the resources that he gives us to steward. And I don't think we should be frivolous. I think we have a, like a financial literacy class coming up. Tracy's probably the one who knows about it. She's off ministering in South Africa. You know, like we should do well. I'm not saying that it's bad for you to achieve these things. I'm saying we have to do it inside of the will of God. I'm saying our primary question has to be, am I following the cloud? Have I gotten a new way of thinking? Have I renewed my mind? When you sit down, the question I want you to ask more than anything else is, am I connected to Jesus right now? Am I connected to the vine? Am I connected to the thing that he says gives me life, gives me nourishment, gives me direction, gives me movement in my life? Not am I running after everything that might be, but am I connected to him? Am I connected to what he has for my life? Am I connected to what he's doing in my life? Am I connected to Jesus? And I want us to ask ourselves this other question this week. Where am I moving where he is still? Where is it that I'm moving in my life when he is still in my life? Jesus is standing, is sitting in a place saying, we're just gonna, we're gonna rest here. We're gonna abide here. And where is it in your life that he's trying to get you to calm down, to slow down, to just sit for a minute, but you think you have to be out after the next thing. It sounds like striving after the next title. It sounds like striving after the next degree. It sounds like striving and running after the next relationship when he's saying, I just need you to be still for a minute. And this is the thing, is that we have to find the rhythm of staying connected to him because as quickly as he says, I need you to be still in this area of our life, there's somewhere else where I want you to ask, where is it that I'm being still and he's asking me to move? Where is it that I'm being still in my life and he's moving? And being still when he's moving sounds a lot more like fear. It sounds a lot more like timidity. It sounds a lot more like inconvenience in the places where we say, oh gosh, I just really want to rest. I just really want a night off. And he says, no, 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 in this place, this is the time where I need you to be building. This is the time where I need you to be moving to the next spot that I have for you. This is the time where I need you to pick up the pace a little bit because in this place, I need you to move and you keep trying to be still. And I'm saying there's something for you to go after. And we have to abandon the idea of looking at each other and saying, this is the thing that you're supposed to be doing in this season and start replacing it with the question, are you moving when he moves? Are you still when he's still? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when we return home and we look face to face with Jesus, he's not gonna say, did you do what everybody else thought you were supposed to do? 
Did you achieve all of the things that, that other people told you you were supposed to achieve? Did you achieve all of the things that Egypt told you that you were supposed to build in your own life? Or did you move when I moved? Did you go after what I placed in front of you? Did you run when I said run? And did you wait when I said wait? There's that scripture, I think, I think it's in Psalms, um, where it says, no, it's not. It's in one of the prophets, sorry. It says, um, those who wait on the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. Isaiah, thanks mom, it's in Isaiah. Um, will mount up with wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And what I love about that scripture is there's both rest and running. There's both rest and running. And there's a season for sitting still. When the cloud is still, you have to be still. And when the cloud is moving, you have to move. And over this week, as we reflect on what we have measured in our life, what we have thought about as success, we have to look back and say, not am I doing all of the things that I thought that I was supposed to do, but am I doing the things that he has placed in front of me? When he moves, am I moving? When he moves, am I moving? That's what I want to pray for us today. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your direction, Jesus. And right now in this space, we just want to lay down before you everything, God, that we've grabbed, that we've carried, that we've held as a marker of success created from our own way of thinking, from our own way of living, from our own places of existence, God. And we say instead, give us a fresh picture for who it is that you have created us to be. God, we say we wanna live transformed lives from the renewing of our minds. So give us a whole new way of thinking over the coming weeks. And this week, God, highlight to us, point out to us the things that we're running after that aren't of you and make us so aware of your presence. Make us so aware of your movements, God. Make us so aware of the places that you are speaking and moving and drawing us and holding us still, Jesus. Let your voice be so clear. Let it walk with us all through. God, I just speak a fresh level of hearing, of understanding over our church today, God, that we would hear your voice, not as a devotional thing that we do in the mornings, God, but as a way of living, as a way of living that all through our day, God, we would be so sensitive, God, to where you're moving and where you're holding, God, and we would move with you, and we would move with you, God, and we would find ourselves in your presence, Jesus. We would find ourselves resting in your presence and running and not growing weary. God, help us to move when you move. I thank you that you make a way where there is no way when we're in your presence, Jesus. When you're, we're in your presence. I thank you that we have a new marker for success and it's are we moving when you move, Jesus. Thank you for it.